When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and I just want to start off tonight with an early blooming bouquet of Happy Fridays to one and all. It is good to have you here because I know everyone in my audience and everyone on my staff are fully vaxxed to the maxed. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, that's not the case everywhere. Last week, the Supreme Court struck down Biden's vaccine mandate for large businesses. And shortly thereafterwards, Starbucks announced it is no longer requiring employees to get vaccinated or submit to weekly testing, which is huge because they have over 9,000 U.S. coffee shops, and that's just in a two-block radius around the Ed Sullivan Theater. (laughs) This... Drink our coffee. This policy has a big impact on the American workforce because Starbucks employs 200,000 workers and it seems like none of them are working on your order even though you're pretty sure that lady who just got the cake pops came in after you. (laughs) Sous vide egg bites. Where's my sous vide egg bites? In a memo, uh, Starbucks COO tried to have it both ways, explaining, while the vaccine rule is now paused, I want to emphasize that we continue to believe strongly in the spirit and intent of the mandate, because nothing says you believe in a rule like no longer having it. (laughs) It's like telling your landlord, listen, I want you to know that I believe in this building's no-pet policy, even though I've adopted a Bengal tiger. (laughs) She smells you! Run! (laughs) The COO also... Down, down, down. CEO also emphasized that more than 90% of Starbucks workers in the United States had disclosed their vaccination status. But notably, he wouldn't say what percent of those workers are not fully vaccinated. Yeah, not particularly comforting. Hey, before we make love, I want you to know that I took an STD test and I know for certain whether or not I have one. (laughs) Now, let me just dim the lights before you get a good look at what we're dealing with here. You like Jackson Pollock? You a big fan of Jackson Pollock, are you? (laughs) We here at the Columbia Broadcasting Syndicate want you to know that The Late Show is not only safe, it's 100% free five days a week. How do we do it? Now, 
Unfortunately, not every entertainment platform is quite so generous to its people. This week, it was announced that Netflix is raising their prices. And if you're concerned about what that means for the Netflix account that you use, don't worry. That's your ex-boyfriend's mom's problem. With the... She's very nice. Very nice. Everybody counts right. all over the place. With the new prices, the cost for their most expensive premium plan increased $2 to $19.99 a month. For comparison, Hulu costs $12.99, Disney Plus costs $7.99, and Crackle's plan is still, we'll pay you, for God's sake, just tell people we're still here. <laughs> and whatever it costs to get Paramount Plus, it's worth it. Paramount Plus, a mountain of contractually obligated plugs. <laughs> now, make it so. There's big news in uh, NFTs. And for those of you who are wondering what an NFT is, look it up and tell me. Because uh, <laughs> I don't get it, even though it's been explained to me many times, one time, by me. <laughs> well, whatever they are, it was just announced that New York's first NFT restaurant is coming soon. The restaurant, which is called Flyfish Club, doesn't have a location yet, but the founders have announced that the menu is seafood-inspired. So, goldfish crackers? <laughs> Seafood inspired isn't a thing. No one wants to take a bite of something and say, wow, that really reminds me of a shrimp. <laughs> so to recap, we don't know where this restaurant will be or what they will serve. Let's see if one of their founders can explain. Fly Fish Club is going to be a modern interpretation of everything that you love and appreciate when you walk into a restaurant, but turned upside down on its face and inside out. That's right. Upside down, on his face, inside out, backside, front side, lefty tighty, righty loosey. Everything about this restaurant is so backwards, you're going to eat with your butt and poop out your mouth. Who's hungry? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> you're going to need to be medicated. Uh... We're going to have bowls of Zoloft. <laughs> now, if you want to get your non-existent seat at the made-up table, it's going to set you back, because right now, a regular membership goes for about $7,900 in cryptocurrency, and the higher-level Omakase membership goes for roughly $13,000. Or you can go to Red Lobster and be a douchebag for free. <laughs> and I, what's this? Hold on, excuse me, what's this? Yes, I'm, okay, firstly, I'm being told that I do not have an earpiece, and second, <laughs> it's time for a Late Show comeuppance watch. Now, regular viewers... Regular viewers know that Comeuppance Watch is a segment we've never done before. In it, we outline powerful men who are on the verge of getting their comeuppance. And tonight, we're very close to discovering the identities of some of the friends of billionaire sexual predator and all-around horrible former human being, Jeffrey Epstein. Last month, Epstein's former accomplice, Jelaine Ghislaine... Ghislaine? Prisoner number 405... <laughs> was found guilty of five federal charges and is facing 65 years in jail. And even though the names of Epstein's pals were sealed in a previous case, Maxwell's lawyers say she will no longer fight to keep the names of eight John Doe's a secret. Which means... Which means... Soon, a comeuppance could be up and coming. And these John Doe's could be any number of powerful men who have been seen repeatedly with Epstein, former President Bill Clinton, 
the other former president, the former Alan Dershowitz, former Microsoft CEO Bill Gates, or part-time clarinetist Woody Allen. If it's revealed that one of the John Doe's is Woody Allen, it could ruin his reputation. <laughs> of course, one man we do know spent a lot of time with Jeffrey Epstein is Andrew. You guys know Andrew? You might know him as Prince Andrew, but last week, in light of his sexual assault trial, the Queen stripped him of his titles. Now, a new documentary in the United Kingdom is outlining some of Andrew's unusual bedroom habits. No, not those. Although, yeah, probably those. I mean, in this case, his teddy bear collection. Former royal staffer Paul Page explains. He had about 50 or 60 stuffed toys positioned on the bed. And basically, there was a, uh, a card the inspector showed us uh, in a drawer, and it's a picture of these bears all in situ on the bed. And the reason for the laminated picture was that if he, those bears weren't put back in the right order by the maids, he would shout and scream and become verbally abusive. Wow. This new Paddington movie seems a lot darker than the originals. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Meanwhile. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. Happy Friday. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday. We made it through right. another one. We made it uh -huh. through another one. We made it through the week. You know, one of the reasons why I, 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 you know, I can make it to every Friday is that I know I get to do it for a Friday crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Friday audience is so hype. Woo! Yeah, the blood in my veins. Yeah. Energy. And also, tonight, one of my favorite musical artists of all time is here. Elvis Costello is here tonight. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, Elvis Costello is incredible. Folks, you know, I spent a lot of my time right over there. Sorting through the day's top stories, carefully selecting for you the freshest, most topical news fruit, artfully carving it into satirical shapes, dipping it in the finest artisanal chocolate, and gently placing them into the flawlessly composed and delicious edible arrangement that is my nightly monologue. But sometimes, just sometimes, folks. <laughs> I wake up face down in the recycling bin behind a Jamba Juice. <laughs> Fight a seagull for the discarded cantaloupe rinds and pineapple stems, dip it in a buckle of diesel siphoned off from a semi full of unwashed bird bones, which I use to skewer together my garbage kebab and stat them onto a log waterlogged teddy bear to create the criminally insane nightmare gift basket of news that is my segment. cannot wither nor custom stale its infinite variety. been closely following Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox's engagement. After drinking each other's blood, as you do, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly designed Megan Fox's ring with thorns so it hurts to take off. It makes sense. As the old saying goes, if you love something, drink its blood, then make it fear harm if it tries to leave. 
then it's yours. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile, climate activist Greta Thunberg just had a newly discovered frog named after her. Pristimantis Greta Thunbergi was discovered in a mountain range in Panama. Well, that's very nice. I also happen to have a couple of members of the animal kingdom named after me, such as Aptostichus Stephen Colberti and the Venezuelan diving beetle Agaporomorphus Colberti, known for its extremely complicated male genitalia. I mean... I mean, it's not a contest, Greta, but how messed up is your frog's genitals? <laughs> That's what I thought. Now, due to their relative places in the food chain, Greta's frogs pose a direct threat to my bugs. So this is a warning. You keep that slimy toad away from my bugs, Greta, or I'll pop open a cast of Eliodes Colberti on your ass. Yes, it's a wasp, and I control them with my mind like Aquaman. <laughs> Meanwhile... Ant-Man controls the bugs, not Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman controls them with his abs. <laughs> Meanwhile, in gross news, an Ohio salon owner has unveiled a 225-pound ball of human hair that broke the Guinness World Record. And here's a look at it in action. <laughs> if you think that's big, you should see the cat that coughed this thing up. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a breakthrough in male contraception because in an experiment with rodents, scientists discovered that warm balls could be the next male birth control. And it's so simple. Scientists were able to temporarily and reversibly reduce fertility merely by injecting mice with iron oxide nanoparticles, placing a magnet next to their balls for four hours to attract the particles, then wrapping an electric coil around the testicles and warming the balls up to temperatures between 98 and 113 degrees. Okay, obviously that sounds great. But am I the only one here wondering how the mice feel about this? Hey, hey, I don't want to seem like I'm not a team player with these electric coils on my junk, but is it too late to volunteer to have mascara rubbed into my eyes? Now, fellas, if you're watching, before you run down to CVS to check out the iron oxide nanoparticle aisle, in some of the tests, the balls atrophied. And if they were cooked above 113 degrees, the balls didn't recover. Until it's perfected, men will have to rely on the tried-and-true male contraceptive telling your date about blockchain. Coming up, Elvis Costello. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is a Grammy Award-winning songwriter and rock and roll Hall of Famer who is one of my favorite musicians ever. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Elvis Costello. <laughs> Lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you. This, I want to ask you about this photo right here. What is, what is going on? This is, it's been called a pirate radio broadcast. What, do you, what, what does that mean? Well, well... 
When I was in Liverpool just before Christmas, so not long before. Of Christmas I, of this year. Christmas of this year. I know yes. it's hard to keep track. Yep. Um, I discovered a record shop, an independent record shop, in Smithtown Road, Liverpool 15, mm -hmm. about half a mile from where my mother was born. And I oh. thought, if I ever have the opportunity, I want to put this place on the map for people who still like to buy records on vinyl. And then I thought, then the, the owner, Graham, had the uh, very good fortune to say, you know, there's a little bit of recording equipment downstairs. And I thought, maybe I could have my own radio station for one night, except, of course, these days, you have to do it over over YouTube, and heaven knows they steal enough money from us, so I thought I'd get a bit of it back by going on there. <laughs> and, uh, sure. and we set up down in that basement last Saturday night, my, my stage manager, Toast. His name is Toast? Toast, yes. <laughs> had the room perfectly like lit, with mood lighting, as you see, and I proceeded to play records for the next uh, three and a half hours. And we were, yeah, three and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, like a proper radio. Yeah, sure. And uh, I was playing everything. I was playing uh, songs from our new record, The Boy Named If. Yeah. I was playing songs from our last release, uh, The Spanish Model, which is a remix of this year's model from 1978. With... We discovered the thing that had been holding it back, my voice, and took it off and put a cast of Spanish artists on it. And, uh, <laughs> and I got to play some of my friends, my new friends, my, you know, who sang on that record. I got to play some of their songs. I got to play a seven-minute piece that T-Bone Burnett gave me that's never been heard anywhere in the world mm -hmm. with Black Thought and DJ Premier and Cassandra Wilson. So it was a whole evening of music that I wanted to play. And uh, it was spectacular because we were having people type in, you know, I'm listening in Patagonia or I'm listening in St. Petersburg. I got up at four o'clock in the morning in Tokyo to watch you. And, you know, it wasn't, it's not the sort of thing that becomes a viral sensation, but it was tremendous fun. And if I may just indulge a little sentimental, maybe, to some people, or at least real emotional moment, it's a year next week since I lost my mum. And she was a gramophone record assistant. A gramophone, gramophone record, record assistant? Gramophone record assistant. This is a keep up, this is, Stephen. This yes. is a very important... It's a highly thing. technical job. Highly technical. Yeah, what did a gramophone record assistant, assistant. do? Yeah, uh, well, plays records. and uh, has Assisted some, playing records. Uh, yeah, actually physically put them on and with the needle, so really I got my lesson. For whom? Who did she do that for? Well, for customers that came into the shop. We're talking way back now. We're talking back like 1943. She was wow. 14 years old. So um, she did that job until I was a young boy and then took care of me. And uh, that was, believe me, a handful. You know, always that was a difficult full-time job. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know, when somebody passes, and she was 93, so, you know, she had a wonderful mm -hmm. life. What is better than playing music? You're, you have some Irish in you, don't you? hundred percent, yeah. hundred percent, yeah. I have, uh, I, I have a son who's more Irish than me, so there's the beginning of a, a, you know, an Irish tale, really, to yeah. say the least. Try and work that one out, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a wake, really, basically. Mm -hmm. But I didn't play any sad music. I played all joyful rock and roll, like with the imposters. I played some, some of the records I wanted to hear. And I have to confess, I did manage to spin... Freddie King at 45, an album. I went, wow, Freddie King is really burning up on the fretboard here, and then I realised it was an album that I was playing at 45 RPM. So. <laughs> but, you know, it made it seem, like, real, yeah. right? I mean, that's when people knew I was really on the air, right, if I made a mistake. Which, of course, you know, watching this show, Stephen never does make mistakes. So, uh... Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah.
It's like a Somehow. flawless kind of thing. Speaking of moms, I, I don't yeah. know whether I wrote you after I, I had heard that your mother had passed, but I mm. certainly thought about you a lot after Thank that you. happened. Thank you. Because you were so helpful to me in a way that you don't know when my mother passed. Mm -hmm. Because my mother died at 92, and shortly uh, before she died, we were all, one, you know, a lot of kids, we were down there basically kind of like loving her, brushing her hair, giving her ice chips, trying to make her comfortable. Mm -hmm. And my sister Margot has just a voice of an angel was over on the other side of her one day while she was brushing her hair and I was giving my mom ice chips. And my sister Margot started singing uh, All I Have to Do is Dream by the Everly Brothers. And we sang that together. Yeah. Right. Many and, years back. Yeah. But it was shortly, literally, it was just about a month before she died. You and I sang it together, so I still knew the harmony. And so I harmonized with my sister yeah. for my mother, and oh, she was on. dazzled. Yeah. She was like, is this already heaven? Because <laughs> oh. my children are singing to me, yeah. and I owe that to you. That moment of oh, joy that my mother had in that moment yeah. was because you insisted that I learn the harmony to that song. Well, I'm very glad that we I did that. I'm truly grateful, know. yeah. Thank you, thank you. The, um... Truthfully, I think the thing is that we all have to face is some people haven't had that ability to say goodbye in, the, in, in, in a, a close way like that. And that, you know, I, I've come to appreciate that my, my, when the crisis came for my mum at the end, uh, I was in Vancouver where I had retreated when, uh, you know, I was t literally pulled off the stage. They got the hook. I was in the middle of a show in Hammersmith and they said, you can't go on. I said, the music's not that bad. I said, no, really, there's a world crisis approaching, you know. Right. No, days later, I was home with the family and on Vancouver Island and that's where we stayed for a while. Wow. In that time, unfortunately, my mum passed. So, like a lot of people, we had the virtual funeral, which was an utterly surreal thing. But, so, on Saturday night, thanks to my friends at Defend Vinyl mm -hmm. and all of the people that helped me do it. I got to play some music and I got to talk about what I just said. So, you know, I, I can glad that we can both share that, uh, you know, that moment. And uh, thank you for listening to that. Because, uh, <laughs> it means a lot to me. We have to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, I will ask Elvis about the premiere of Get Back and what it was like to collaborate with Paul McCartney. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. You and uh, your lovely and talented wife, Diana Krall, went to the uh, London premiere of Get Back, which for the oh, people yeah. who have not seen it... I've not heard you mention that. What? Have you seen it, uh, Stephen? I haven't heard you mention that. I'm back. slightly obsessed. Yes. I'm slightly I got that feeling. Maybe you will. Yeah. A little bit. Um, and what was it like to be there? Like, McCartney was there, right? He uh, Glenn was. Johns, Paul the engineer... Paul, Paul McCartney was, Paul McCartney was um, uh, he actually introduced the film, and I and I've got to tell you, you know, you most of us that have watched it have seen it on Disney, yeah, uh, whatever that is, um, and uh, you know, it's on a relatively small screen or whatever size your TV is. This was in an IMAX theater in in the centre of London, wow. so you know, this was some very big Ringo, you know, this was like <laughs> this was 
Ringo Max up there. Sure, yeah. sure. And, uh, and, P and Peter Jackson, it was a sort of edited version for the screen. Yes. So Peter Jackson spoke about the process of editing and restoring the film. I did notice that he was holding a different Beatle guitar every time they cut to him. Like, he'd be holding a Rickenbacker, then he'd be holding a, a Hofner bass like Paul played, and then... Play, play Jackson great. would. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he, as he explained it, they cut to the footage and back to him. And then we watched, like, one of the days uh, of the footage, mm -hmm. and then most of the uh, rooftop concert. So it was pretty thrilling. The thing, honestly, though, I, we had the good fortune to go after the, perform, after the screening to the party, and I, I... You know, the one thing that I noticed at the party were, of course, Paul's daughter, Mary, yeah. and, and Danny Harrison, George's son, and uh, Giles Martin, the son of George Martin. And I thought, how very beautiful for them to see their parents as young people, mm. including the Beatles, you know, who I, I was like nine years old when the Beatles hit. I was in their fan club. So for me, it was very strange to be at a party with... Paul McCartney and his and the family. How hard observing that. How weird must it be for you? Because you've written, you've collaborated well, with yeah, Paul that's McCartney. A, that's What's a, that experience like? Seeing like the way he's collaborating with Paul, that I mean with John, that how much they love each other. Like what well, a love story that is. What's it like to write with him as someone who's been a fan your whole life? The one thing that I think I had to keep in my mind that I was me and he had asked me. He didn't want me to turn up in short trousers and talk about being a fan of the Beatles sure. you know, when I was a little kid. That's hard, though. He wanted me to be, you know, 33 or whatever age I was when I wrote these 15 songs with him. And he was very generous to me. We sat across from each other and we played music. And I dare say there's some similarities to the way we wrote those songs, but we didn't write I Want to Hold Your Hand because, you know, those guys were teenage friends who went to outer space on a mission that we all get to see the end of in Get Back. Yes. For me, I'm somebody who was lucky enough to work with Paul. I mean, I met that family when his son ran into my studio in 1982, pursued by his elder sister, pursued by his elder elder sister, pursued by his mother, just like any mischievous kid would just was at work with dad and invaded our studio. And I went, who's that little blonde kid that just ran in? I said, that's James McCartney. That's Stella McCartney. That's Mary McCartney, and this is Linda McCartney, you know. <laughs> that was a very bizarre moment, but I was 26, 27 when that happened, so I'm not 26 now. Uh, um, I'm 36, and... Uh, and you look no, great. No, you it's, look um, great. It, it, it was a really wonderful thing, I have to say. Speaking of uh, the creative process and, and, and how musicians work, there were a lot of people out there who were saying they were speculating that Olivia Rodrigo on her song, Brutal, was lifting uh, parts of Pump It Up, your song. And this was, you know, this was speculated online. And you said, very generously, this is fine by me, Billy. It's how rock and roll works. You take the broken pieces of another thrill and make a brand new toy. That's what I did. Yeah. By the way, that... Yes. <laughs> By the way, the I was a bit confused. When I say Billy, I thought I was speaking to Billie Eilish. And I, I really thought, well, there's a pound out in this. No, um, no, obviously, this was somebody that wrote indignantly online. And yes. I don't often write back. But in this case, I, I did. And the next thing I knew, it was in the newspaper. Yeah. Do they have still have newspapers? I don't know. I, they do. Uh, yep. They do. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was... I did think it was a little silly. Because, obviously, my song, Pump It Up, 
was, I, I don't think he would have to be a genius to work out that I had heard Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan, <laughs> or equally that, you know, Bob had heard Chuck Berry's Too Much Monkey Business. It's, there's, there's songs in between and since that have actually, uh, you know, taken that delivery of quick words over a, a simple riff, and that's kind of uh, how rock and roll does work. It is, is, there a, is. is there an artist who you've perhaps uh, given tribute to the most in your work? I, I don't know whether there's one, but it all gets wrapped up, and that's what you hope to do. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We'll be right back with Elvis Costello, everybody. Late Show Pond Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Hey, everybody. We're back with Elvis Costello. You also have a new, you have an audible uh, book here, an, an audio book, How to Play the Guitar and Why. Uh, it's, it's available on Audible right now. Uh, I'll, I'll start with why. Why play the guitar, Elvis Costello? The key word in this title is play. Is play, but not a play as in a serious thing, because I'm not a, you may have noticed, I'm not a concert pianist, I'm not a you know, virtuoso violinist, I'm a guitar player that knows a handful of chords I've written a lot of songs, I don't know, three or four hundred, maybe. Slow drag with Josephine's pretty complicated. Well, some of them got a bit more complicated, I'll admit. But, yes. But I didn't learn that at the start. I had to stumble around on the guitar. Now, here's the theory I have. Anybody who's ever played the guitar in C, which I know I've seen you do, <laughs> encounters a mechanically nearly impossible chord, the chord of F, the next one you're likely to encounter. Yes. And... Many people in the human race hurl the guitar against the wall, smash it, and then go on a murderous rampage through life, which is why we have <laughs> dictators and certain types of sadistic kind of that chiropractor and, yeah. and, you know, murderers. Mm. They're all ex-guitar players that were frustrated. And uh, mm. so I thought if I could show people how foolish you have to feel before you learn the few chords that can unlock even... Uh, a simple three chord, four chord song. Once you learn four chords, you can play about a thousand songs. And uh, once you can do that, you either say, well, you know, I can show off in front of my friends or maybe I can serenade my, my true love, uh, or you might go on to write a symphony, as I know you have done. Um, you know, you might want to learn all the chords and then you can go and study the... the I never got so that F bar chord. Play. I, play I never got the, the F bar chord. Play is the key word. Play like a child. Well, Act sorry, like a child. Say that again. I like it. Play, play like a child. Like play as a child does. Yeah. With joy, and uh, keep the inner idiot alive. Well, I'm in favor of that. Yeah. Holy to be a fool while spring is in the world. Yes. Whoever okay. Said that. Speaking of the speaking of yeah. the child, the new album is called "The Boy Named If." if. Who is the boy named If? It's like your imaginary friend, which is a charming invention children make when they're seven for having broken a cup. Oh, it wasn't me, it was Jimmy, you know, his imaginary friend, or Charlie, or Horace. Uh, and, and then when you get a little older, you start saying, well, I had to stay out till 3 a.m. I had to, you know, I had to sleep with her because she made me. It was my other side. It's, 
It's the alibi you make for your transgressions. And it's a little less endearing. I think it's a little, you know. So I thought, well, let's follow that story. When you have the, when you have the guitar in your hands and the F chord isn't holding you back, yes. the guitar, the songs tend to come out of you fast and all the words are dragged out. And I had these songs on the table in the summer of 2020 and I realised that they were, you know, once I'd written them, they were sort of little scenes from different times in life getting all the way up to being a sort of wretched old scoundrel looking back at all your sinful things. You also, you also wrote a book of, <laughs> of really, really short stories. Yeah, really short. Really, like one, two-page stories yeah. to go with it, also called A Boy Named If, 13 Songs and 13 Fables. Which came first? Did the stories come first or did no, the songs come No, the come songs. First? I really... You see, this thing here, this record album, is what I really love. That would be my way of listening, if it were my choice. But it's also great that you can get all the music instantaneously, carry it around with you, all that stuff. We've got to enjoy all of it. You can get a cassette of this record if you want to, mm -hmm. you know. For but a double album there. is the best. Yeah, a double album, well, they have to split it for the sound over two discs, but it's a single record, it's 13 songs. Um, they told me originally that there was a shortage of vinyl, and I was thinking of asking if they could press it on shellac, but... Um, like the old albums. Like the old albums, but, of course, shellacs are made of Beatles, and we don't really want to... You know, we don't want to kill that many Beatles to, just to make my record album, so I said... And highly right, flammable. Yeah, highly flammable, those Beatles, those particular ones, double E. And uh, so I thought, well, what would be better than that? Maybe a storybook, because they are sort of like children's stories for grown-ups. And uh, so I did some scribbling drawings and cartoons to, and did an illustrated storybook, is what it is. It's like a children's storybook for adults. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.